I'm Molly. I'm Molly. And, and this, this is Play on Molly. Why do I always laugh every time that comes up? Because on? we're just like awkwardly it's watching so awkward. ourselves. <laughs> but I'm all for it. So welcome back to episode six of Play on Molly. I can't believe it's already been six weeks. I know. It's time is flying by. Flying. It's a very exciting episode. Yeah. Guest visitor again. Nobody's ready for this one. No one's ready. I mean, it's already on the screen. But if you're not <laughs> watching this, no one's ready. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're tuning in. So we have our amazing professor joining us today. Should, yes. should she join the... I feel like let's bring her let's in. Let's bring her in. We'll already. have her introduce herself. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the best professor in the world. Hi, I'm Professor. Well, they call me Professor Gerson, but I'm Marissa Nathan Gerson. So professional. Hey. So professional. I hey. Te- I teach Bachelor Nation 101 with these mm-hmm. two. Woo-woo. We've told them a little bit about Bachelor. I feel like we've spoken a lot them. about the class and just yeah. in general. Like, I feel like it's right? just kind of always. I feel like you've come up. Of- if you've watched all of our episodes, I feel like you've come up a few times. She's like, I've watched them all, <laughs> like every single one of them. Biggest fan. Yeah. But I think we brought it up the first episode ever. Yeah. When we, when we did our Bachelor recap. We saw a class when registering last semester, Bachelor Nation 101, and we were like, how can this not be sick? So. But it actually is not what we expected. It's not at in all. a good way. Yeah. What did you expect? That's what we want to know first. I expected. I don't know what I expected. I know. I know what I expected. What? Oh, I expected like people were gonna like brawl over their favorite characters, and it was gonna just be like I. I guess I thought it was in denial be more... about all of like the actual social issues, problems, that, and the problems bachelor. that come from the Bachelor. Because I was just always like glued to the screen like fo- hyper focusing on like whoever the bachelor bachelorette was so yeah. i expected we were gonna like dive into their lives and just like i think it was gonna be more like of an elective i guess than like, like... T- it's a tier two writing class yeah like, i thought we were gonna be like writing about what we thought about this week's episode and like journal entries right. every week but i am like write oh. about pilot pete yeah right exactly. right and how he made you feel and how he made you feel yeah. <laughs> you're like not butterflies <laughs> that is not at all what the class is <laughs> what yeah. is the class you tell us. <laughs> oh, great. Um, it's wonder. This is a great group. This is a good group to see. We do mm-hmm. have a great It's class. like a family. We don't we call are. it a semester in Bachelor Nation. We call it a season. A season. <laughs> this season. And mm-hmm. spring season, Bachelor Nation 101 is great this year. And we talk about the sociological underpinnings of the show, which in plain terms means we look at how does race function? How does homosexuality get deleted how does uh gender roles from 1950 get constructed what happens to women who want careers Mm -hmm. why aren't they celebrated anymore um why is there like a daddy thing going on where he's saving everybody all the time who's gonna save him uh (laughs) this season there's like a lot of a lot a lot of saving a lot of fairy tale saving a lot of he's getting a lot of hate this week I don't know. If, I, I didn't. Watch. I have to confess that okay. I have not watched. It neither have we. Okay. I haven't either. And we usually do it Tuesday we, morning. Tuesday morning we have a ritual. We literally have a like to a tea. We get Luca coffee. We Tuesday. make eggs and toast and watch. And you have a couch. spiritual practice of focus on the bachelor. Yes. Yes. Like no talking, and we pause it when we have to like converse about what just happened. Yeah. Because like we get. But we very into we it. like unfortunately didn't watch. Wait. Let, what are the other things we look at? So we look at. 
relationship structures. We compare them to our own lives sometimes, and like it's interesting to see. Give us some of it, like just the relationship messages we get in our own lives. It's so interesting because you don't really think about it, especially because like at Tulane and our friends, like I feel like we're surrounded by so many people who get the same messages that we think that that is the way. Yeah, and it's not. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like everyone is like. Even from my high school, it's like a copy and paste family. So like sex and relationship models are constructed differently. Yeah. Completely. um, For other people. Completely. Yeah. And I think that like we the paper we recently wrote was about relationships and how we grew up and how everybody in our family kind of has different ideas or maybe some people if this is for us at least, but some people grew up different than other. Most people, everyone grows up differently. And I think that the values that are instilled in our brain and like what we learn and mm-hmm. what we come with. Like we were writing a paper based on how we grew up and how we viewed relationships. And then we were comparing it to the show. And it's just crazy to actually see how different, at least for me, my world yeah. is compared to the show. How different, but then how in like some cases, like there are similarities just in yeah. like light, you know what I mean? And it's crazy totally. to see how messed up. Also it was interesting when we were doing peer editing in, for that paper like how similar you are to other people in your class it's just like it was very interesting yeah I liked that I like it love it all thanks for that paper <laughs> I hope I did well I know I, like, on the way here we're like what did we get on that you're like why doesn't this teacher ever yeah. send us our grades <laughs> yeah I was like honestly what did I get on that paper <laughs> unknown whatever we'll let you know maybe next, <laughs> next, week. next week maybe um but this episode we're going to talk about should we introduce let's introduce because this is really important and what we really want to talk about today is coping and different forms of coping and everyone has to cope everybody's coping all the time whether with with anything it could be grief it could be over the loss of someone it could be over anxiety over something small something big something it there's so many different reasons why people cope and people don't realize that every single person is coping with something different every day so and even if like you're not coping that's like your coping mechanism and I think it's like totally important to talk about agreed and I think it's everybody can relate to this podcast so we're talking about our professor wrote a book I don't know if you guys can see it. it Get real close but say what it's, it's the title for the people forget prayers bring cake and if you know me in our previous episodes if you've been following cake is my favorite food so which is I ironic because of her allergy yes you know the whole deal <laughs> gluten-free whatever but um i recently bought this book because i have gone through a loss of my best friend um in the last it was about a year and a half ago and I needed new ways to cope because while people say time heals it and it gets easier it really doesn't and I needed new techniques and new ways to be able to get through what I was going through and I was having trouble letting it out I was penting up all of my grief so I keeping it pent up so I got the book and it is absolutely amazing and I think everybody needs to read it it's just so lighthearted. you do such a good job of making me feel like well when I read this I'm I'm not sad I'm thinking like okay like how can I move forward and progress in my stages and like just hearing your story is awesome Will you clarify what it is? Because I think you you didn't read the subtitle, so you just I read didn't. The, that's okay. But people might not know that it's a grief guide. It's a grief guide. 
It's yes. a memoir and a it grief says a guide. single woman's guide to grieving. I forgot to read that. Thank you. <laughs> and the cover is just so adorable. Like, so it's, colorful. It's perfect. It's very you. Um, yeah, and she's on the back, you know, shout out. A selfie that I took. <laughs> I love the little <laughs> selfie moment. Love it. Um, but yeah, so we want to know, like, I mean, I know why you started it and I just want to know, like, what got you, like, if you want to tell people, you don't have to, but why you started it, how you started it, what made you get there, what built the strength to start it? Mm -hmm. Well, along the lines of what you're saying about coping, Mm -hmm. I moved to New Orleans and I think a lot of people, like, the biggest change of their lives or the biggest, what do they say, like, the highest stress people go through Mm -hmm. besides death is moving. Really? Um, Moving is considered, and so a lot of college kids don't take that into account, actually, that you're adjusting to, like, 400 changes all the time yeah. um, in a million different ways and that that can make you really sad also. Mm-hmm. I think when I went to college, I was really sad that I wasn't 16 anymore Yeah, because high school was a lot more fun. You take advantage of it when you don't realize like you hate high school in the moment and then when you leave it, you're like, yeah. The party scene it. in high school for me was so much better than college. Really? really? But I grew up in D.C. and I went to college yeah. in St. Louis. That's fair. Right. Where did you go to college? Wash you. And, oh, yeah, I, I feel like that. I also could have just guessed that from St. Louis. But yeah, so I moved <laughs> to New Orleans and... Why did you move to New Orleans? Because... Uh, <laughs> Good question. I, I always wondered. <laughs> I was living in Massachusetts, like in the woods. Where? Um, My family has a house in the woods in Massachusetts. I'm not telling for this podcast. It's too relevant to this audience. <laughs> we can talk about it later. Uh, so I definitely know where it is. Continue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I just wanted more. I want, I yeah. loved New Orleans and I wanted Mardi Gras. I mm-hmm. wanted creativity. Yeah. I wanted academia. I got all the things I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I moved here. I bought a house and, um, with the help of a parent, which was like, I had generational privilege and I got down here and my, that parent, which is my dad was like a normal dude when I left. And then about a week after I got here, he acted really strange and was just like, not, like he's like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes for the movers to come to the house. And he wasn't – the movers came and he was like in his room for like a 45 minutes. And we thought mm-hmm. – we didn't know where he went. He's like, oh, I forgot. And that was when we knew something was up. And then yeah. he had a rare brain disease that we didn't know he had and he died uh-huh. like a month and a half later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sob story aside, the point of the book was that I was going through the move, the yeah. adjustment. I, I left my friends and my family mm-hmm. to move to a place where I knew two people. Um, I started my whole life over and I was watching my brother and sister who are both married and they, you know, as they got news of his getting sicker or dying, they had these spouses that took care of them and I had just such a different method. And so I wanted to make other people, and I had been hearing a lot of moms in DC were saying like, our daughters are inspired. Like, I want my daughter to talk to you because they felt so inadequate for not having a partner and didn't know how to take care of themselves alone. And I was single when my dad was sick. And so I wanted to like make it kind of contagious to enjoy. Like I really kind of enjoyed the process of soliciting Mm -hmm. the love and care of my community. And it wasn't something I had given myself permission to do before. So I was, yeah, I wrote the book. I was, I wanted to give it to you. Right. I wrote it for Molly and Molly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's great that you were able to like, articulate everything into here and mm-hmm. I think you are helping so many people more than you know um just feel better I told you the other, d- other day I was like I was reading this and I was like actually just not only empathizing with you of course but like I was taking everything in and I think that it's 
we'll get into a couple of things that you've said that I think would help other people. But I just think it's so important that people read this, regardless if they've experienced death or not. I mm-hmm. think there are so many things because you can grieve and lots, lots of, things. of things. Yeah, um, but I think it's it's great. Well, also like back to the Bachelor. Um, always, uh, always, always. The show does not. Um, it makes death kind of like exceptional. Yeah. It's like, oh, this person lost someone. And the fact is it's actually not exceptional. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, no. everyone's gonna lose people. Mm-hmm. And 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 so there's this way that we treat it like it's this unicorn yeah. when really we actually need to know what to do with it so that we could keep living well. Mm-hmm. So it's like more it's less a book about death and more about like how to be alive in this life. So right. that yeah. even with the difficult things. Um and you saw the opening, it's like I cut maybe Rather than me talking about my own book, you mm-hmm. can talk a little bit about just like the approach it talks about at the beginning. Do you, yeah. mem- do you remember? Well, I'm going to pull it up because I did start it a while ago. Um, well, the chapter is called Home Alone. What do I need? How do I even know? And um, it talks about when you moved to New Orleans and like how you fell in love with the house and you were with your dad and he is not from the U.S., I believe remember that yeah and you went into talking about how this was this was 2019 so this was a couple this wasn't that long ago it was pre-pandemic yeah it was was really wow you moved here right before the pandemic i wrote that book during the pandemic really smart and i didn't mention it once in the book yeah why is there like a purpose because then it's then it's temp- then it's not relevant to the universal right, right. yeah it that's becomes fair. a covid book a covid that's but yeah. i the part i was ju- the part i was baiting you to talk about was also the framework at the beginning in the intro that talks a little bit about how we're just not taught how to grieve mm-hmm. yeah and so there are these like that's like one thing we talked about in the class is how that show assumes that we all share knowledge which we don't really mm-hmm. yeah and so i wanted to figure out okay well is there a way to do this because i don't know what to do yeah. And I, I and so I went through and you'll see as you get through it further, it talks about just all the different things like after someone's and it, some of it's a breakup, like you can use it for a breakup, yeah. you can use it for a death, you can use it for a divorce, you can use it for like a pet dying, you can mm-hmm. use it for going to college and missing your friends from high school. Right. Really? But it has tools for like what to do after the thing, what happens when you change when other people don't, mm-hmm. um, how do you set boundaries, how do you have fun? And when do you have fun and how long do you get to cry for? Yeah. I just think also I think what something that you include in here that's so great are all of your lists and all of your yeah, we so like this an there. example of a page. I don't know why the lighting's like not focusing, but it's too far. Okay. <laughs> so it's like a little bit like gray here. And it says special requests, how to ask for support. And I think that this part mm. is one of my favorites because I uh, that was something I struggled with like I would always ask my friends like I think that my biggest thing like when I would ask for help and stuff I think my biggest thing was like I would be hard on myself because people don't understand and my whole Mm. thing was like how am I supposed to go to someone that doesn't understand how I'm feeling but then I had to get out of that mindset because that wasn't something I could hyper focus on like I was Mm -hmm. almost angry about death and letting that part consume me where your book talks about how you can ask for support and how you can get through to people and like even just asking the simplest thing of going somewhere with someone like right. and I was feeling like scared to almost scared to talk mm-hmm. to my friends because I didn't want to be a burden and that was my biggest fear and I feel like that's a lot of fear. people's biggest yeah. fear. I, yeah 
regardless and it of weighs what it on is. you and yeah. i think that talking um it weighs on you and i think that being able to have this so know I how to, to ask for help your well, support list well also like it's like sexy to be happy and it's yeah like, yeah you should be up so you're start, you're feeling like oh I, well, I don't want to be your downer but there's something you need mm-hmm. yeah so so th- one of the advice like offerings was bite size asks mm-hmm. so you know like asking people to do things like take a walk or go to the movies or right which is you just need company and then also figuring mm-hmm. out you know what also, they might not understand what you're going through. Like if, like I started to organize human beings after my dad died by have you, like I'd be like, have you seen a dead body? And if you'd seen, <laughs> yeah. well, because I watched someone die, and it sounds yeah. like an extreme, but I didn't really want to talk to anyone that didn't like. Well, because they to you. would, because what they would do is they would dampen it, and they'd be like, oh, this was happened for a reason, or this yeah, is yeah, it's always that's not don't be sad that he's dead. He's watching it. He's watching you from above. It's always everything happens for a reason. Right. And I, I don't know like, how well, many times I've heard that. It might happen for a reason, but I'm having major flashbacks that are making it hard to go to work. So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. You, I wondered if you're comfortable telling us more about your friend or if that feels yeah, too much. No, I can. Totally, I, I love talking about her. Um, so a little backstory. So I met my friend. Her name is Jacqueline Ehrlich. She is my age. She was would be 20 right now. Um, and I met her in kindergarten. Um, we were best friends our whole life. And in junior year of college, she FaceTimed me. We used to have this thing where we'd go to concerts all the time. And she FaceTimed me. And she was like, I have to tell you something. And I thought she was going to be like, One Direction's coming. Like, we're going. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, what's up? And like, this was her mom and her. And this was when she told me that she was diagnosed with cancer. She had Ewing sarcoma, which is um, pretty rare. Not many people get this. It was in her um, – bone in her ankle by her foot um and it seemed she was like totally confident little thing about jack i called her jay so jay she was someone you would never know she was sick so like she was a girl who was living her life to the fullest and you would have never known she was sick and i thought like she was making it seem like it was going to be um like, it wasn't bad. Like, we had a friend who had a benign tumor once. So, like, in my head, like, I was like, oh, you're going to be fine. It's going to be – you're we're going to get through this. Don't even worry. And her mom was in the background like, no, 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 no. Like, this is this is serious. Um, so it turned out she lost her hair. She battled for a year and a half. Um, and in the summer of 2021, she – in July, she out of nowhere had a stroke. Um, and she had been losing a lot of weight and um, – was acting a little bit different and um, I was texting her that the night before and she she was very dry. She was not acting like herself because she moved to Florida. So she was doing treatments in Florida now because I wasn't working up here. She also was going to college and driving from New Jersey where I'm from to Florida every three weeks because she couldn't take a plane during COVID. Um, And so she had a stroke um, and couldn't talk. So I flew to Florida immediately with um three of our her other best friends so the four of us went and our families um and we just like laid with her she couldn't talk but she could see and she could touch with her left side the right side was paralyzed um and I was laying in bed with her with my friends and we were just like talking about funny stories and like we did not want her to see us and think even though she couldn't say anything and think like she couldn't like we were there and like we were saying bye she didn't know this was a bye to us we did but we were not acting like it because she would not have wanted that. And she was in hospice at this time. Um, so she uh, fought for three weeks. And then um, one day she had a fever um, out of nowhere. She like 
got like really hot and her vitals were going crazy and and they rushed her to the hospital and they were she passed there um but i'm very fortunate that i got to say goodbye um and i'm lucky that i got to know her she was the brightest soul she still is she still sends signs all, all the, time. the time like and molly i've Witt- never met her and molly witnesses like all the time everyone that like, is like signs are always happening yesterday we were cooking and the smoke alarm went off eight literally times. eight times and she's smoke alarm isn't she everywhere like- i go a smoke alarm goes off i was at i was just telling you i was at our unveiling a couple weeks ago and the fire alarm and smoke alarms were going off in our hotel at two in the morning i'm like really girl like I'm trying to sleep like we just like it, the day of her funeral, my smoke alarm in my house went off three times and then stopped and we were there was no one was cooking. No one was nothing like she just said like we just fought. We're There's so been so many now. like instances yeah. where it just like is her and she's just like one of those people that will be talked about for the rest of my life. Anyone that she met, she has touched so many lives. She was the vice president of my high school when she was battling cancer. You would have never mm. known. Also, sorry to interrupt, Molly has brought her to Tulane, like the amount of things that you've done at Tulane. Like, I just feel like everyone at Tulane knows her. Like, you know, I just just like I feel like you do such an amazing job honoring her and her family. And I my biggest thing is use her. Don't use her passing as an excuse, but as an inspiration. So I her father said that to me after she passed and. Ever since then, I've been trying to channel that energy into doing things that she would like. And I, I don't want to waste time being sad. And obviously, I miss her, but she would be so mad at me if I was crying. She always yelled at me for being sensitive. So <laughs> I, she yells at me. So can I jump nice. in about it? Yeah, please. Okay, one, thanks for telling us. Of course. Um, And sorry that you lost her. Thank you. And then two... I bet you there's a bunch of people right now who are like, F this. I don't want to hear something so hard. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of young and like cis women, when we say cis women, we mean like, you know, women who were born with the gender that they choose mm-hmm. today. Yes. Um, they're often taught that um, if somebody else is uncomfortable, it's because something's wrong with them. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and about yeah. how like grief – because we're not used to it, we don't have the toolkit. So some people know what to do and some people don't. And so that's part of, I think, what the issue is mm-hmm. at college too is like, so like when, because great, it's good that you honored. And then when do you get to cry when you do need to? And yeah. how do we balance that? And how do we balance like wanting to party hard? We, I'm like not in college. <laughs> <laughs> but how does one balance the desire for joy with yeah. the fact that like taking time to be miserable is kind of part of the game. Like mm-hmm. that's part of what makes joy better. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just wanted to think a little bit about how we, you know, just all these different elements of people being uncomfortable with death and you wanting to share. I bet there's friends who, when you share, just glaze over. Yeah. Um, and so like what you do in that moment, do you hate them? Do you hate yourself? Do you neither of the above? And I think that's like something just worth thinking about that the glazers are not judging. Some of them might go home and judge because they're, they're small people, but um, they're usually just not equipped. Like we don't, yeah. we have not been given the tools and you very young had to find your tools. Yeah. So it's not normal at your age to have such a large loss, although increasingly so. A lot of people in your generation have seen horrible things already. Yeah. I mean, in the last, I'd say in the last 14, 15 months, I've been to around eight funerals, nine funerals, and I had never been to one. 
before Jacqueline. Wow. Yeah. So it was very like, it was kind of hard because I was starting college in college. I went to college five days after Jacqueline passed, like started my sophomore year. I had never had, I never understood how, and, and then it was becoming like a norm. And it was like, every time I got a phone call, I was getting anxiety that it was going to be negative. Um, so it's just been, and, and three of those people are my age. Wow. So it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do? Like when you get that phone call, cause you were saying, I don't know how, like, what are the things, can, can you just sort of walk us a little bit through some of your, you know, there's something um, that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote that she's like this famous grief therapist who wrote about the five stages and it's yeah. often refuted, but instead of looking at like her list of what the, what it's supposed to look like, there's no rules. No there's rules. no rules. Everyone's is different. Um, yeah. Some people just get up and they're fine for five years. And then I have a friend who told me, she's like, yeah, my mom died. I was great. I was great. Everything was fine. And then one day, like five years later, the faucet started in her mm-hmm. face and she could not stop crying. Yeah. Out of the, she's like, what is going on? And it came, it was like, sometimes our feelings just sort of pocket till they're ready. But can you tell us about you? That happens I- sometimes, not like that long. Um, I mean, I've become, it's sad. I've become numb sometimes to things like I, and it sucks because like it, it I, in my head, I'm like, I, I'm sad and I feel bad. I just... Sometimes nothing comes out. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Molly about yeah. this because Molly has been with me through everything. And I'm so grateful that I have amazing friends. And I think that's so important, mm-hmm. especially for me. I um, am fortunate enough to have found my people in college and live and I've been living with them. So when I got these call, I like Molly sprints into my room without a hesitation mm-hmm. and my friends are there. And I always say love builds strength. I have it written on my ring in Hebrew that I wear every day that when I'm surrounded by people that I love, it's like a weight is lifted. It's not easier, but it feels more comforting. So, and if that's not accessible and if people can't do that, I am the biggest journaler. I actually freaked out the other day because I couldn't <laughs> find my journal. I finally got it. Like we like searched for it and, and, it, and was, it was, it was home. It was silly. <laughs> So let's like, just pretend real quick yeah, that somebody goes to college yeah, and their friend passes five days before they go and mm-hmm. they don't have friends and they don't have this like incredible second self Molly. <laughs> Quite literally. So let's think of some of the things that you like that they can, because I think a lot of people don't have this, yeah. like you're blessed with like a major amount of support. I'm very fortunate. But I think a lot of people don't. And also part of going to college or even those who are graduating now yeah. Some of them will go on with their buddies to New York or wherever they go and like live in a house together. And many of them are going to take a risk and like move to Ireland, move to mm-hmm. San Francisco where they don't yeah. know anybody. So what are some of the things you can do when you don't have that like built in network? Like, I what think are, from the, yeah, I think the first thing that you have to do, and I feel like you would agree with me on this is self-care. I was just I think self-care, say, yeah. knowing your self-worth, working on yourself and being so comfortable in yourself helps you build the confidence to, to like make other those- relationships. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Maybe you should open this book that you have in front of you with the list. Oh we have God. the list. We have the list. Oh my God. I have it right here. <laughs> Talk to yourself. Make these laundry lists of things. Yep. You read it. So what does that mean? Because I just, just want people to have the tools. Right. Because I think people oh, are. I, agree. I think there's not a single person. Looking for yourself. On the Tulane list. College campus who isn't dealing with some kind of loss. 
100% agree. So what do we give them? Well, this your list says, well, this is what you did. You would ask yourself, did you go outside? Did you eat? Did you drink water? Did you move your body, et cetera? I only have a few of those. So that was right like now, the idea but... of, of using your hand and like having five different things that you assign so that you can have this thing that reminds you. So right. those were my five things. So that I'd be like, finger, yes. like I would just uh-huh. sort of like count down and check to, because sometimes to you sure wake up you and you're like, I feel like hell. Yeah. And sometimes it's, even if it, the grief does come like hitting you, mm-hmm. you can make it easier if you flush yourself with like, nutrients or water or right. it doesn't make it go away but it may, makes because they're waves they come and go and mm-hmm. so the wave kind of moves faster if your system's helping it 100 um you also spoke about self-love because you said options for human touch or how to ask for it when you feel like you can have it self-love you said yes be your own lover now it's really a time to invest in good skin products a new sparkly lotion this is just like Fun, happy yeah. stuff. I also feel like that's really important for I college kids. College kids. Because self-love is something it like. Is, people are, people lose confidence and feel yeah. like dismissed and in college with the culture we have, mm-hmm. especially in regards to like hookup culture. Yeah. And, and I think people. the people that appear to love themselves the most are the people that don't like a lot of the time. So what does that mean? To, so you're saying you're, so we're, we're going back. To, let's make up a name. Penelope goes to college. That used to be my Starbucks name when I would like lie about my name at Starbucks. (laughs) Alter ego Penelope goes to Princeton. Penelope goes to Princeton. (laughs) And um, she's super smart. She's super lonely. And her family member just died. She's got to suck it up and go to college. Yeah. So you're saying that these little things that sound stupid, like get yourself some lotion and put it on your arms (laughs) <laughs> or take a bath or buy a candle or spray your pill that those things aren't as silly as they sound mm-hmm. yeah and then what about some of the more serious so so that so what so self-love we got to define that because it can be considered like a goopy term right like it's like super Gwyneth but what does it really mean if it's, we're looking across all you know not everybody has money not everybody has like certain privileges so what does it look like to self what is self-love what are we talking about I think it's like knowing how to live and like take care of yourself without any help like not even necessarily just like loving your like physical appearance or anything but just like knowing who you are maybe like being gentle with your body yeah affirming it and the things you might ask a lover for right like knowing how to take care of yourself without a partner or and we don't it's funny that hookup culture doesn't use the word lover which is much nicer because there's love involved but hookup culture means like you look for that physical touch or that validation elsewhere it's it's attention it's this generation is so in Infatuated with and then attention. it's like instant gratification too it's like yeah. if you don't get that in a second so you're saying that self-love is giving yourself attention yeah yes, essentially yeah i think that people are so like hell-bent on that's the right word mm-hmm. yeah on attention that if you realize if you don't you're not realizing that you're not giving yourself enough you're focusing so much on getting it from someone else that i think it's so important that you take a second like that's why i journal i journal to go through my day it doesn't have to be anything sad it doesn't have to be anything it's like putting it on how does it help your grief it helps me get the thoughts out that i wish i could tell jay that i don't get to tell her onto paper so i talk about my day i don't i don't necessarily bring her up in it but it's what i look at it as a way to get my thoughts out that i didn't get to that i don't get to tell her text her call her every day and say onto paper and it is the most helpful thing because i know my spiritual sides like she's reading it and she's also seeing it and she's watching mm-hmm. it. But aside from that, 
it also helps me as a person grow. Like I've also been through breakups. I've been through a whole list of things that I'm coping with that I just think that journaling is is my go-to. It, it helps me like release this pent-up stress mm-hmm. and get it out onto yeah. something if I don't feel like talking about it to someone else. And I don't even like, I don't journal like as much as you, but if I'm ever like really stressed about something, even if I like take out my phone and write it in my notes, just having it like, it's almost like I like spit it out of me. Yeah. I, I like feel a little bit better. Like, okay. I'll write like, I'm stressed about this, whatever. And then I just yeah. feel... Sometimes I like to go buy like a large piece of butcher paper uh-huh. and, yeah. and like tack it on the wall and then draw all the feelings out. Not like cutesy, yeah. but like mapping it. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, me too. I color a lot. Oh, she's a big color. Well, also you that mechanism you're talking about like is, I wonder like maybe we want to add therapy to self-care and what that, like how that might or might not help. And because therapy is like, is like the code for like hell. People hate tights. Like some people hate therapy. People think it's bad. It's for crazy people, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And it, rather than realizing that like everybody, everybody's going through something that they weren't taught how to deal with. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so it's basically a journal. It's like, let me go to this person. It's a verbal journal. It's a verbal journal. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a lot more normal to talk about therapy like our generation. Yeah. Like my parents, I remember like are were very like hesitant to ever get my siblings or I like anything. But, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. now, like I just feel like it's so normal therapy for kids. girlies. Yeah. Love it. And it's the, normal. Yeah. It's so normal. It's I feel like it's like I think it's like if you meet someone who hasn't gone to therapy at our age, it's like, wow, you know what I mean? It's but then like, also there's like this barrier of money for some people. And it's so then expensive. it's expensive. Or if you go too late, it can be quasi free. But yeah. there's also this option of like, I want to talk about grief groups. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, they're, they're actually, gen- up, actually. I was they're, just looking at it. Yeah. They're usually free. Really? Um, and they come through hospice care centers and like Zen mm-hmm. centers and different groups have these you know, grief groups are, they sound really cheesy. Like, what's that show that, that's like. Dead to, Christine, me. Dead to me. Yeah. Dead, dead to me. me. I knew exactly. That, that, when you said grief group, that's you what said, I thought. You literally didn't even say, you said, what's that show? And we both said oh, that. Well, we, we love that show. Groups. Okay. Fair. But that show, that show is so shows like a kind of funny version yeah. of grief groups, but they're actually very accessible. Yeah. Like you looked in your community and just did a little extra research, but they're again, what happens when all these resources aren't considered popular Mm-hmm. aren't the norm aren't like tiktok savvy um but they're there and talking in a grief group doesn't mean that you're broken it literally like, has anyone heard of the like you do you know about the dinner party yeah i was looking mm-hmm. you wrote modern loss called the dinner party form your own club just do your best to access a group of others also navigating loss and feeling enormously isolated right so like i'm sure you know that that when you've had a death that someone else that had a death is often helpful oh yeah because they get what you're dealing with. But also Modern Loss is like a website with all this stuff. And then the dinner party is kind of cool. And it's all over the country. You can sort of join it. And it's groups that just have a dinner party whenever. Where okay. the, where the, and I went thinking we were going to – I did one in New Orleans. And I thought we were going to sit there and like talk about the five stages of grief. But we all just had dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just the, but it was strength. You don't even know them, but it's like But it people. wasn't even that. I like that. But it was even more that yeah. death wasn't a taboo topic at the table. We weren't because we were all dealing with it. Mm-hmm. It didn't make people scared to be like so at the graveyard, which some right. people are like, "Ew, why would you talk about a dead body? Why would you talk about your friend who's sick? Why would you talk about these things that are the my worst nightmare?" 
Yeah. Don't you do that to me. Mm -hmm. And so you become this issue when you go to the party and they're like, oh, there's the death girl who's going to make us sad. And instead you can go to a party where everyone's happy because they're the death girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like everyone just, comes together. Right. So finding people, like it's like really, yeah, especially yeah. like if I were to give like Penelope at Princeton, my, <laughs> my biggest advice, it would be find a group of other grievers. So mm-hmm. You're not by yourself. I'm shocked you didn't use Bono this time. Yeah. Like oh. in class the other. Are you a U2 <laughs> fan or something? I think that he was supposed to not be that guy. I think I just made that name up, like oh. Biff. It was supposed to be like Biff. Or- <laughs> we were in class and she just like makes up names for every scenario. This it was, was like, like normal for us. Penelope <laughs> from Princeton. And then dro- Bono and, then- and Jacques. <laughs> what was their girl? Oh, that was Charlotte's boyfriend. Bono and Charlotte. Jacques. Bono and Jacques. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> We love making class entertainment. But I really like the this dinner parties. I love that. Yeah, I love that. But you can also make it yourself where you're like, hey, I have this loss. I want I'm like to we're not gonna like cry. I mean you can, right? But mostly it's just this is a night where it's open. Yeah. You could do it for anything. You could be like, this is the night where we're gonna be comfortable talking about like gun violence in America at dinner where we're not going to like pretend it's not happening mm-hmm. um, or this will be the like you can have theme nights but make it like that's what I sort of my intention with this book was yeah. that all the other grief books I read were angry or like deeply de- like there are parts of this that are depressing because my dad does die mm-hmm. yeah. but then like the end of the book is like if you were to look at like the second to last page and look at the list of cakes it's just about Mardi Gras and how it, you know to build your grief so that you're ready again to have a good time right. later because the more we grieve now the harder we can party after, after. Without, hurting, without hurting ourselves because uh-huh. that's when people get like blackout drunk is when they're dissociating from what's and, really yeah, hurting them. it's very pent up mm-hmm. i'm trying this list of cake because i'm not <laughs> i'm honestly curious it's the second to last page on the bottom right bottom right see it oh yeah you want to read that list it's so good okay did i mention cake there's so much cake praline I'm really bad at reading because I can't pronounce words. You can't like, pass what, it to me. It's too hard. Chantilly. Get now Mo- I'm just embarrassing Have myself Molly just pass it. I'll, I'll read it. Have Molly pass me the These list. are like, some of these are like not English. Like these are different <laughs> languages. No, this is, it's called New Orleans. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah, please. Okay. Please. Don't, it don't says, so in reference to Mardi Gras, it says, it's a kid's birthday party times 1,000. And everyone leaves with beads and goodies and prizes and smiles. And there's cake. Did I mention the cake? There's so much cake. Praline, chantilly cream, frangipan, cream cheese, frosted, goat cheese and apple, cream cheese and cinnamon, radical joys, funfetti cake, randazzo's traditional. There's king cake, pop tart, Saba's babka king cake, mangazzo's gambinos, Brennan's Pink Parade Strawberry Cream Cheese. There's the Elvis from La Boulangerie with peanut butter, banana, toasted chocolate, marshmallows, and bacon. Walnut frangipane with apple cider vinegar glaze and cream cheese frosting from Bayou <laughs> St. Cake. Azul Dulce Blueberry from Bywater Bakery. Oh, yeah. Galette de Roth from Bearcat. And the favorite, Dong Fong Strawberry from New Orleans East. Wow. Yum. I'm going to read the next thing. I'm starving. <laughs> this is just the last paragraph. I'm going to read it to you. I had wailed. I had beaten my chest. I had torn at my hair and tossed myself toward the grave. I mourned. I was the bereaved. I grieved. I lamented. I lay down flat, kissing the earth. And as is the way, joy did, in fact, return. And I think that's what I was hoping with the book was mm-hmm. to make sure that people know that 
just because we go down the rabbit hole of the saddest stuff and like get ourselves in this funk and like lay down and cry that you can get back up. Yeah. And we forget that, that like, that's kind of what's beautiful about it. And you don't come out normal. Like that normal that you were before is different. Well, she dies. The part of you that you were is over and you become like this other incredible person. That's like, what's beautiful about the change, Mm -hmm. but the process is horrible. The process is hard. There's mm-hmm. no sugarcoating it. And I tell that to people when I talk to people that go through things. I'm like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not easy. It's not fun. And like, I'm still very much in some in it, but I mm-hmm. find these ways to come, to come through the other side growing and happier. And I talk to what helps me most is talking to the family. I talk talking to, to the family, talking <laughs> to the family. I literally talk to her sister, her parents, all that. I love them. They are family to me. And talking to them helps me because, like, she's part of them and they're a part of her. And talking to them and seeing them, her sister and her are identical. Mm. Literally, they look these. <laughs> yeah, they're like they do. They're four years apart, but they look exactly like they talk the same. They look the same. So when I hear her, it like feels. I like it close to me. So I think for people, I think it's so important to stay close to the people that were close to them helps a lot. And I think. Stuff like that. You also. For, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I have no, I knew you before and after and you like are different. Like, like you were saying, like you just, you know what I mean? I think that I think like people grow evident. You grow. You right. Grow. But we're terrified of that because yeah. we are, we're taught to be static. So when you grow, you don't know what's going to, that's the hard part about grief too, is you are going to come out the other end, a different person. You can't predict that though. Right. And yeah. We want control and, that's, and you need to be okay with that. And then if somebody doesn't talk, like I just want to give the alternative to the, because you're just sort of like amazing and verbose and good at making friends for that person who's, (laughs) who sucks at making friends. Um, (laughs) There's rituals you can do to honor people and it doesn't have to be like woo woo witchcraft, although that's fine too. But you know, you can be like, okay, I'm going to like, you know what I did when my dad died and I was just like, I don't know if I even want to talk to anyone today. I would keep um, all of his favorite foods in the kitchen and I would make, yeah, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. keep an altar and light a candle to him. Um, and it wasn't to like bring him back from the dead. It was just to, for me to remember that mm-hmm. he was ever there. Um, and I would like, I bought his favorite tea and I would make tea like really nicely, like he did as an adult. And I would have cherries all the time. Cause he liked cherries and I had like good, you know, it was kind of nice. It got like good chocolate and <laughs> very expensive habits, but there's things to do when there's no the one there. Things. Cause yeah. I think that a lot of people that. are just so alone That's and, beautiful. There's just so many ways to show yourself connection without even if because you're lucky to have that family and some people just have nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's I'm very fortunate. And I think that doing the little things, Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, doing the little things that they used to do can feel so good and be so powerful. And I think that that is bring some normalcy of like old times. Yeah. Totally. And remembering that time changes. Like there's a lot later that you didn't get to in the book yet about. Um, yeah. I'm like, only halfway there. <laughs> she's doing great. Yeah. Um, there's grief rituals though. And at least like in Jewish practice that are at the seven day mark, the 30 day mark, mm-hmm. the 11 month mark. And I thought those were really cool mm-hmm. because at each of those places I was like, well, I really have changed. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that that was never going to end. Like at the first seven days, I was like, oh, I'm a completely different person than when I went into shock. Mm-hmm. And then at 30 days, I was ready to join the world again. Mm-hmm. And at 11 months, I was a literally different woman with different – I looked different. I felt different. Right. I had different knowledge. I had different friends. I had changed. Yeah. And so looking at those markers for yourself so you can, I don't know, just hold yourself through. I just want 
I just want people to know it can actually be okay later. Yeah. And I think people think it's never going to get better and might not this weekend. But the other thing is, is what you're describing is it's also beautiful when you give into it a little because all this magic is weirdly wrapped up in the torture of grief. Like there's people show up out of the blue. Like I had a friend who I hadn't seen in years who I lived in South Africa with who lives in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, who just showed up with homemade hot sauce one day and sat at my house and wanted to. And <laughs> I love that. But things like that, like there's magic that you won't predict. Right. And like just being open that it's, it's going to rock your life and it's okay. I think that we yeah. think death isn't okay, but it's, we don't have a choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's okay. I think even though bad things can happen, there are good things that come out of things. Like I Definitely. made like Hannah Manders is mm-hmm. Jacqueline's sister's best friend who I always knew of. She was in my lived in my town, but now she's like a sister like, to me. Mm-hmm. I talk to her every single day. I talk to Jacqueline's sister every day. Um, but like Jacqueline brought these people to me mm. without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. And like and, and like Hannah has helped you with just so much. So much. And like I don't know how, but she always knows what to say and when. Yeah. And like I'm <laughs> even yesterday, like, I was like, "Are you on the phone with Hannah?" Like she, she just is just always, always like she just is so wise. <laughs> but I also so wonder, like, if you want to show up for someone, like that's another thing is, like, let's say you're grieving, mm-hmm. okay, and I call you and I'm like, um, "My Bobby died," and you're and I want to talk about it, and you can't handle it because you're in pain too. That's also okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's people. Like I know that before my dad died, when other people's parents died, I realized later I'd said the worst things possible. And the reason I said the worst things possible is because I was so literally terrified of their pain. It scared me so much. It was my worst nightmare. So in that situation, when you're so scared of the other person's suffering, you can do little things. You don't have to be the friend that talks about it. You can say, hey, and just be honest, I suck at grief. I'm really scared of it, but I love you. Mm-hmm. Can we like go shopping and I'll just hold your hand? Or can we like, do you like movies? I like, do you want to get your nails done? Like there's little, like one of my friends couldn't totally. talk to me about it. But she took me, it was a disaster, but she took me to a bar class, um, which is not my thing. But <laughs> it was to this day, I'm actually really grateful because what it, it was a way of showing love and yeah. a way of taking care of me that I needed without having to do something totally. that she could, because you don't have to pretend that you're not what you are. Like if you right. can't handle it, you can't handle yeah, it. No. Uh-huh. And there's no shame in that, especially if you're grieving. Like it was really hard for me when some people's parents died after where they're like, I want you. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Dude, my, yeah, I'm like a live wound here. But that didn't mean yeah. that I didn't mail. Like one of the nice things too, is when you know yourself, like if mm-hmm. you can't be there and you're like, that's just too much for me. I like sending flowers. I like sending yeah. a, a package I like showing my love in a way that I can do it without hurting myself. 100%. I think that's really important too. Um, Just to be able to identify your own wants and needs. Yeah. 100%. You have to be selfish in certain situations and this is one of them where you need to. And just be true to yourself. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes hard. Definitely. I feel like we're helping so many people. I know. And I love it. It Such an empowering episode. I want people to know like you can – I mean, people don't know me, and but like you, yeah, they do. You, but like, you're anybody, famous on the internet. would be really cool. But I just like want people to know, like, you're not alone, and people that feel alone, like there are people on the internet that tell people, like, come to me, even though it could be scary. Like, there are things online, chats, blogs, vlogs, people. Like, I have a TikTok. I know other people have TikToks that like. It's a, it's 
building a community social media as horrible as it can be it also it is, has yeah. a great side to it that builds community and finds people and that are in meet similar people that meet people so like i saw something to- on tiktok the other day that like someone posted that they just like whoever wants to go can go like walk like a few like this in some park in the city and like yeah, just random people great. actually showed up and i think that's yeah, beautiful and like it's cool Maybe start a grief walk where you're like, grief hey, walk I'm gonna Audubon. Meet, let's go to Audubon and we don't even, we can just, whoever's grieving, we just walk for 20 minutes mm-hmm. because people need to not be like, that's the other thing. Like when I was deep in it, it was hard to get out of bed when mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. okay, he's gone. And I'm, I, you know, for what me, do you do? Well, also I'd seen, it wasn't expected. So I saw something that like gave me major PTSD. Mm-hmm. If someone was like, do you want to go, can I go with you to the grocery store? It was like amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah. and also it's kind of a nice time too because anybody's love feels like boom, exponential. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah. I'll never forget. I'm like, sure, you, you've been mean since or whatever. I don't care who's messed up. I'm like, you took me to the grocery store. <laughs> like it was yeah. such a gift. So right, yeah, yeah. all I these different special. little ways. People don't realize that the little things that they do in that moment, like leave and like make yeah. yeah. Well, having the the bravery to step in matters. Like totally. a griever always notices an open heart. And I think that's like part of what's annoying when you're going through like severe losses, you're kind of psychic. Mm-hmm. Like you can see when people are full of it. And it's so funny when people would try to come to my house and like kind of be like pretending they weren't scared. And I'd be like, like be what you are. It's mm-hmm. much because in that moment, the veil of life got ripped off. Yeah. Like you didn't yeah. get the luxury of pretending that death doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's hard to be vulnerable with those people. Like when you can tell that they're just kind of like there. Well, that's why saying your mm-hmm. limits is a beautiful gift. Saying like, hey, I'm here and I want to be here, but I'm scared mm-hmm. is way better. than Like, you know, on that, did you watch that terrible, like the new Sex in the City as you like it or whatever? What's it no. called? There's a I new. Have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. He's so young. But there's a terrible like new show and there's a scene where her friend just keeps showing up hysterically crying. Yeah. And it's exhausting because she's like, yeah, the griever who lost her husband, her friend will cry at her about the fact that she lost her husband. And one of the rules that I give for, for helping grievers is take care of yourself before you go to their house. Yeah. So like if I were going to come to you, I would call another friend and take my walk first and I would cry to someone else or I'd have a friend waiting for me after so that when I go to you, it's about yeah. you. Cause if you show up and you try to pretend it like they're, they're, the, the griever can't pretend no. they can't, there's no, it's not even a lot. There's no option. It's like, it's so raw. And so that's like a big rule is take care of you first. If you're the griever's helper, mm-hmm. love yeah. yourself first, get support, like do your thing and then go to their house. Cause if don't show up and be like, my boyfriend don't me. Right. And they might like it. They might want to be there for you, but you've got to give them the choice. So you have yeah. to take care of yourself first. Totally. And all these things that we've talked about today, even though we're discussing it from a death standpoint, can go for anything, can go for anything, coloring in a book. I have so many coloring books, writing in a journal that could be used for someone who literally just had a bad day and mm-hmm. like tripped and fell and scraped their Any of it, it can be, be used for just anything. having a bad day. Yeah. Break up. I just think it's anything. important to hear, to know. Make it and known. And everybody's here. We're building community. And if you need some Play lists, on community. you don't have to read this book actually in the book if you get it, that you can skip to the lists. Yeah, they're very so like, like easy I to don't find. want to talk about death. I don't want to read it, but I'm having PTSD. You can go to the chapter on how to manage trauma. Or if you're like, okay, fine, my grandma died, but it's not actually upsetting me that she died. It's reminding me that my 
cousin died when I was 12 and you're having compounded historical grief or you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm a woman of color and like this microaggression happened and it's igniting eight other things and I don't ever come up for air. There's chapters on that also. So there's like, you don't have to read the book if you feel like ex- that's part of how I designed it was when you're grieving, you're kind of dumb. Um, it's like really hard to read. Yeah. yeah. Like I couldn't do much. And so I wanted it to be like, okay, this is like, it's like my emergency button is this list that might help me without having to read too much. Right. I think that's great. And I, I think it. everybody should get this book. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes and Noble, I believe. Um, it's, there's Make so it many viral. different areas. That, yeah. We're making this book <laughs> viral because I think it's a book that everybody needs. It should be sold like at <laughs> schools. Oh, that's a that, that much it. better. Lighting. I think it would be great if it was like required reading for Tulane no, freshmen. I think it should be a required book for Tulane freshmen, the orientation book instead of the Whatever. Let's implement that. Yellow House, I think we were reading or something. Oh, my God, yeah. I think that this book will be more beneficial. I'm not telling Sarah Broom that you said that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I think it's a great book. Maybe I'm going to have both. But this one, I think, also, is let- so good for change. Yeah, I was going to say, because like you said, moving going to college is a move. It was I hard. don't think they prepare people for it. No, no. one knows how to be We came during it. COVID. It was the biggest. Like- we went abroad, and my parents had to physically put me in line. Like literally lift me because I was so scared of going anywhere outside the United States. And I ended up loving it. And I told everyone that was nervous that like it is going to be the best four months of your life. And I was very fortunate. Yeah, you were excited, But I was a mess. I was not ready for change or any of that. So I think this book would have been helpful. And even people that like do like change. Like I love change. I can't like I was like couldn't go faster to abroad. But you still there's still anxieties that come with that. So I think this could well, also be, that's like why hookup culture gets dangerous and some and it's, it's mostly dangerous because men can be very dangerous. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> fact. Um, but another reason is, is it's like a coping mechanism that people mm-hmm. are using when they don't know all these other things. So rather yeah. than finding ways to, to like find their footing, it's like, oh, I'm feeling so disoriented by college. Somebody make out with me and it'll like reorient me. And then people get more and more spirally lost. Not that right. or totally. have a great time, but most right. people I'm hearing about are not having the most fun. No, no, no. no. They're yeah, having no. a hard time. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm always like vocal about that in class. I'm like, I feel like it's group therapy. Is our Wait, it's so funny. And every, I feel like I know everyone's life story. Everyone. Without Very actually good, good knowing it. Some like, of those stories I want to know more. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, I love this <laughs> Tell peer me more, but it's just I'm learning bit. about everyone. Awesome. So true. We're getting the tea. Love it. Love it. And I like our boundaries right now that no one's spilling anyone's tea. Good job. Never. That's when like, we started this podcast, yeah. all of our friends were like, oh my God, like you're going to start so many problems. Like, all like the, we're like, no. what are we doing? We're not coming on here we're and just being like, so and so did this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not us. Yeah. But I but yeah. do have to say, this is our longest podcast. I was going to say definitely is the longest, but I think it's the most important. It's the most important. And I'm happy about it. And I hope every single person watches all 55 minutes of it because this is crucial knowledge. Scary, important stuff. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for yeah, being thank here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing your stories Amazing. and writing this book. Thank you Everyone both for this being book. like brave and badass young people who are willing to talk on a... <laughs> on Thanks. a DraftKings sponsored <laughs> podcast. Like the irony of what we just spoke about. DraftKings sports. Thank Love you. It. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank you. And we'll see you guys see you next, next week. week. We also have another guest next week. Very different. Very different vibes. vibes. We have. <laughs> we will. So we'll give you a little sneak peek. We have an influencer coming on and 
talking about her life. She's we're not gonna so tell you who. dope. We're not going to tell you who, but, but see you next you'll week. see you next week. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So much drama.